Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Full Service Radio. Welcome to Beer Me on Full Service Radio, broadcasting live from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. I'm your host, Sarah Jane. Every week, I will have a guest on the show to discuss different parts of the beer world. From brewers, importers, educators, this will allow us to examine the dynamic world of beer through different lenses. Whether you're new to beer or a seasoned professional, we will have something for you. So, we have an exciting show for you all planned today. Um, I want to welcome back to the show Grant Vaughn. He is a beer connoisseur, man about town, one of my very good friends. Welcome back to the show, Grant. Thanks so much for having me back here. Of course. Always a pleasure. We came with cocktail in hand from uh, Brothers and Sisters. That's not a cocktail. That's a beer. Yeah. <laughs> no, just kidding. It's a hotel nasty now from Brothers and Sisters here at the Line Hotel. Yeah. Okay. So that's a good choice. Cocktails are allowed on a beer show. That's totally. That's totally okay. We had we had whiskey last week. From I'm telling uh, on myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, so before we get into the show, I want to talk a little bit about uh, what we did yesterday. Yes. It was really exciting. Most of what we did yesterday. Let's Most talk about of what, that. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, yesterday was Zwanzi Day, um, and for those of you who don't know, Zwanzi Day is the happiest day in the world. Um, it's one of my favorite beer days. That's a good description, right? Yeah, absolutely. Happiest day in the world. So it was also National Drink Beer Day. Oh, which so happened to coincide with Swansea Day. That's perfect. Which I killed two birds with one stone. Yeah, exactly. Well, we killed many birds with one stone on that one. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Cantillon, uh, founded in 1900, uh, right outside of Brussels, is one of the best, finest lambic producers um, in the world. Um, and starting in 2008, they started to release this beer called Zwanzi, and Zwanzi kind of roughly translates to like a joke or a sarcastic comment or something like that. And basically, these are, you know, one-off beers uh, that they only make a certain amount of once a year, um, and then they are released to certain places all over the world, and then those beers are tapped all at the same time all over the world. So, for example, this year. You had uh, different countries participating, Australia, Austria, Belgium, Canada, U.S., China, Italy, Japan, Russia, you get the point here. So all around the world, this beer was tapped at the exact same time. It's kind of like Hands Across America, but for beer and for the world. And better. And better. (laughs) And better. And uh, so this year, it was a smoked lambic, um, so brewed with a classic Pilsner malt and then also smoked malt. Um, and this was actually uh, brewed in March 2016 and then released and, you know, tapped yesterday. Yeah. So it was, honestly, I was a little surprised at the turnout. There wasn't, I'm used to like mass crowds. I'm used to like hordes and hordes of people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm used to. Uh, and there were plenty of people there, but it wasn't a mass crush of humanity, mm-hmm. which I'm happy and sad about at the same time. Yeah. Um, we had bar seats all day at the Sovereign Yes, in uh, Washington, D.C. and Georgetown. There's a Belgian beer bar, part of a neighborhood restaurant group. Um, and, I mean, they had other Cantillon on 
on draft. So, I mean, we just got to sit there and enjoy all these different rare beers that otherwise would never make it to the U.S. Yeah, and what I want to tell you about what I was happy about, when you run down that list of countries, Mm -hmm. there's this great quote. Uh, I researched it a little bit today, and it might be apocryphal. It might not. It's a uh, 19th century French economist that said, uh, when goods don't cross borders, soldiers will. And so think about what happened yesterday. Mm -hmm. We have this calamity called Brexit, where Britain is fiercely fighting itself in the European Union to possibly cleave itself, but possibly stay together. I'm not sure what's going on yet. But there were folks in London, there were folks in Brussels yesterday drinking the same beer Mm -hmm. at the same time, thinking about that and talking about that. And at the same time, yesterday... There were people in Washington, D.C., and there are people in Beijing drinking the same exact beer at the same exact time that nobody's going to drink again. They weren't talking about tariffs. They weren't talking about this. They weren't talking about that. They were talking about this beer. And there are so many examples of that uh, with making goods, crossing borders, bringing, building bridges, not building divides. Mm-hmm. And it's just a, uh, an absolute wonderful, wonderful example of what beer can do beer is community exactly beer builds community and i I thought about that yesterday while i was drinking this at the same time that i'm drinking this somebody in beijing is drinking the same exact beer Mm -hmm. having most likely the same exact thoughts that i'm having and that's building community yeah and when people are talking about that the time of globalism is past and the time of nationalism for lack of a better term is rising this is a product that is building globalism, tying people together rather than dividing them. And I think that's absolutely exceptional. Yeah. It's a beautiful, beautiful day. That's why, you know, when Zwanzee Day used to be hosted at Church Key, um, where we used to work, and anytime there was somebody who would get grouchy or anybody who, you know, if the server was really overwhelmed and stressed or if there was a guest who was being really kind of jerk, jerky, that's, a, that's my most like PG way to describe it. Um, you know, I just have to like pull them aside and be like, hey guys, this is the happiest day for the entire world. You won't ever experience this again. Yeah. It's, and it's a different beer every single year. And that's the cool thing. And it's never, it's never you know, replicated. Um, so that's exciting. And yeah. this year, you know, it's funny. I was, um, I was talking to Tim Liu, who still refuses to come on the show and we're going to continue to badger him on the show to come on the show. He's the assistant beer director for neighborhood restaurant group. Um, you know, we were talking and I guess like, you know, people weren't as excited about a smoked lambic, but you know, it's not about the beer itself necessarily. It's about what it stands for. It's about the community. Yeah. The community that is being built. Uh, and it was, a, you know, lambics are a beer that was, battered brutally uh, for many, many, many years. And, you know, the Cantillon family, the Van Waal family kept persevering. Uh, They started this brewery in 1900 and it wasn't a popular beer until I I don't even know when I could guess when it started becoming a popular beer. It was a beer that, you know, if anyone was imported to America would sit on shelves because people are like, this beer tastes awful and now it's celebrated. Yeah. You can't even buy it on the shelves. And they persevered through all of this. And now they're celebrating their rich history as a family, the rich brewing culture of Belgium, and 
creating an international movement of friendship. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. You got deep there. I appreciate it. That's good. You're welcome. And it's just about to start. There's so much more deepness. (laughs) There's so much more deepness. All right, we're going to need floaties. Um, So (laughs) um, kind of springboarding off of that, what I want to talk today uh, is about beer festivals. We are in it. This is beer festival season. Um, Usually, you know, a lot of beer festivals kind of coincide around Oktoberfest. Um, Oktoberfest usually is like two weeks leading up to the first Sunday in October. So this year... It's usually in September. It's usually in September. (laughs) But it depends on like what day it starts. So this year it was the 22nd. I think last year it was like the September 21st. Um, But this is the world's uh, largest uh, beer festival. And it's been going on since 1810 with a few breaks for various world wars. Um, Various reasons. Various reasons. Um, And it's in Munich. And only uh, beers brewed within those city limits and also the beers that um, obey the Reinheitsgebot, the German purity brewing laws, um, are allowed to be served at uh, Oktoberfest. So usually while this is going on um, or kind of around it is when you start to see some of the really big beer festivals. So we're going to talk about a couple of them today, you know, what they are, what they're about and that kind of thing. But before we do, I want to talk quickly um, and Grant, I want your input on this. Why beer festivals are important. Again, it's all about community. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a, uh, an unfortunate amount of people that will go to uh, a beer festival just to drink as much beer as possible in the quickest time possible. But there are an outstanding amount of people that will go to beer festivals to learn about beer, to talk with the brewers, to talk with the, their representatives, and learn about what's going on i can't tell you the amount of people i know that have gone to beer festivals in the dc region that were like i'm not a beer person i don't know where to start and it's here it is everything in front of you start walk around drink a little bit of this drink a little bit of that find out what makes you happy yeah and that's what one thing that beer festivals can do you can walk in try everything find out what makes you happy so let's break down some of the components of, like, what makes for a good beer festival. So I think, you know, when you're looking at putting together a beer festival, and for those of you who haven't been, you know, kind of picture, like, a farmer's market a little bit, each stall representing a brewery. Um, it can be as small as, you know, 10 breweries. It can be as large as 400 breweries. Um, and typically there's also, you know, cider represented or sometimes wine and then you also get, you know, some food offerings. Sometimes you get music. Sometimes you get other kind of fun things. But, but typically, yeah, you've got a couple of selections of beers, and, and sometimes it revolves around a theme. So sometimes they do, like, you know, all IPAs or all Belgian beers, or sometimes it revolves around a region, you know, all Northern Virginia breweries uh, or what have you. So there are a lot of different options, and, and I think the beauty of beer festivals is that it doesn't necessarily need you. It's not intimidating. You know, it is, it is kind of like a farmer's market in, in that sense where you can just kind of wander and see what interests you instead of having to commit to a, you know, uh, 
bottle of a whole six pack of beer. I just, I just, uh, Grant just saw me silence my mom on the radio. I'm sorry, mom. We love you. <laughs> um, but you know, it's, it's, it, it's a lot less intimidating. And if you're not a beer person and you go and you try a couple of beers and you're like, ah, this isn't really my jam. There's usually something else to drink and there's usually something else to eat. It is about kind of community. And the thing I love about a lot of beer festivals lately is you're getting a cool mix of people, you know, absolutely. it's not just all like white dudes with beards. And, you know, you asked one of the questions, what make, what do I think makes for a good beer festival? Mm-hmm. And there's two things that I believe make for a good beer festival is a careful curation of what's offered and a knowledgeable staff of what's being poured. Um, and I'm not going to denigrate any beer festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you'll have a beer festival that's just, this is our beers that we have year round that we're offering. And this is a person that's pouring them that is just pouring them. Um, and so that's like basically walking around a grocery store and opening cans that they have on the shelves and drinking them a little bit with no knowledge of anything. And then you have others that we might talk about later, I think, mm-hmm. that are carefully curated uh, and have uh, outstanding representatives that can tell you every exact detail about the beer. And if you don't like that beer, they can make a rep- uh, recommendation for another beer that you may not like. It's not their beer, but it's another beer offered. And they're not trying to create a market. They're just trying to give you wonderful beers for you to enjoy. And that those two things, careful curation of what's offered and outstanding representatives pouring it are two great markers of a wonderful beer festival. Yeah, and I'm going to go off on a tangent a little bit here. For me, there are a lot of markers for Good Beer Festival because my events background comes in. Where I'm like, how many bathrooms are there? <laughs> Logistics. Logistics. What's the temperature? <laughs> if you're going to have it out in the middle of a field and it's 90 degrees, maybe offer more water. I don't know. You know. That's a, that's a thing from the military. There's always a saying that amateurs talk tactics, professionals talk logistics. All right, cool. I'm happy I'm a professional. Um, and for those of you just tuning in, uh, I'm sitting down with Grant Vaught. He's been on the show before. Uh, beer connoisseur man about town. We are talking about beer festivals today as we are in the season. So I want to talk a little bit. We talk, mentioned Oktoberfest, but the big beer festival that is coming up um, October 3rd through the 6th, this is America's largest beer festival, and this is the Great American Beer Festival. And this is hosted by the Brewers Association. And for those of you who have listened to the show before, um, we've had people on from the Brewers Association, but it's an American trade group. Um, Their goal is to promote and protect small and independent American brewers, their craft beers, and the community of brewing enthusiasts. Um, So this festival is massive, and that is an understatement. Um, This is held at the Colorado Convention Center. Uh, This year, they're going to have 9,300 beers uh, from 2,300 breweries, which is absolutely insane. There are thousands of people from all over come to sample these beers. There are also five different three-hour judging sessions that take place over a three-day period, and they award gold, silver, and bronze for 102 uh, beer-style categories. Um, and for those of you who want to dive into beer judging a little bit, check out our previous episode on beer judging. But so this is a massive, massive event. I don't have you been to this before? I have not, okay. but I can tell you, don't try and try every, every beer. <laughs> so it I, will be bad I've, for I've, you. I've been, I've, I've been before, and 
it was exactly as it sounded. It's incredibly overwhelming. Um, thankfully, they've, they've started to divide the uh, breweries into regions, so like Midwest, Southeast, that kind of thing. So that's a little bit more manageable. You can kind of tackle a region. Um, the thing that I liked about it was that, you know, I went in there kind of knowing, I know a lot of breweries. I've had a lot of different beer. I, I can name you a certain brewery from whatever state, you know, and be like, okay, yeah, I want to try that one. I want to try that one. There were hundreds of breweries I had never even heard of before. And it, that kind of very humbling experience is like, oh yeah, you don't know as much as you think you yeah. know. It was actually really actually, good. <laughs> that, 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 every time you have a chance to be humbled, that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, and I, that's me as a person speaking. Every time I'm like, I know a lot about beer. No, I don't. No, no. It was, and you know, they also do um, this really cool thing called paired, where they get uh, 25 chefs and they have them cook little bites for about 50 different beers. So they're encouraging, you know, beer and food pairing, which always, you know, elevates the beer experience. They have classes. I think this year they're having a exhibit on American craft brew history. Um, Teresa McCullough is probably involved, if I had to guess, from the Smithsonian. Um, but it's it's so overwhelming. There are thousands and thousands of people there, and logistically they crush it. Like water stations everywhere, bathrooms everywhere. I mean, the Brewers Association is based in Boulder, so the team that executes it, obviously, this is like their home home base. So they really know what they're doing. If you can make it out there at least once, try it. It is it's massively overwhelming, and yes. You know, it's open to every single person, so you get the craziest mix of people. This is where you get, like, the stereotypical, you know, beer festival goer where they have those giant necklaces with, like, <laughs> pretzels. And, um, the, okay, so the reason why they do that is because you, you can't bring food. You can't bring outside food in, right? And the food that's in there is expensive. Right. So they make these necklaces with pretzels. Traditionally, it's just like a hard pretzels on it. But people get creative. They put like whole like Slim Jims and stuff on these necklaces. And they look ridiculous. But then like halfway through tasting as many beers as you can taste, you're looking at those necklaces like... Can I just have a bite? Can I have a bite of your necklace, please? I don't mean this any, to be inappropriate, but... <laughs> What, what can I do to get one of those Slim Jims? Um, so, no, it's a, it's a completely overwhelming experience. Um, but I think, you know, maybe that's why they divvied over a couple of days so you can maybe go back. Um, I just, I remember I went one night and I couldn't go the next day. I was still too, like, it was just, it was too much. It was way, it was way too much for me. Yeah, the only thing I've been to that compares to that is the Great British Beer Festival mm -hmm. um, in London run by the campaign for Real Ale. And it's, uh, they're a trade group, but it's not a trade group that's necessarily uh, brewer-centric, but it's beer-drinker-centric. Mm -hmm. It's people trying to keep real ale alive. Uh, an absolutely incredible uh, experience, but way too much to take in in one day. I, I think I went out there four days in a row and only began to scratch the surface. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't imagine no. having that Obviously, I can't imagine drinking 2,000 beers. No, no, no. A year. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, a, a lot of people, you know, really go out there and and to, God bless the people that are actually doing the judging. That's got to be <laughs> brutal, brutal. Especially for the, you know, kind of hot 
styles, right? right? Like, can you imagine how many submissions they got for hazy IPA? Like, yeah, yeah. No, they, they, they do yeoman's work um, there every year. And when you get a chance to see who they've selected, there's always some uh, interesting eye-openers. You're mm-hmm. like, wow, this is somebody that I wasn't even aware of. Yeah. And now I need to be. Like, it can make a brewery. It won't break a brewery, but they definitely make breweries with uh, judging. Oh, yeah, for sure. And there's a lot of uh, breweries in the area here who have taken home gold, silver, bronze, and and that makes a big difference for them. Um, Another part of beer festivals, aside from the consumer side where it's, you know, you're opening your eyes to new things, you're embracing a community, you're getting into the beer world. Beer festivals are very important for new and upcoming breweries as well. Um, This is an opportunity to showcase, you know, what you can do. And also... uh, thinking logistically here to participate in a festival takes a lot of money um you know you have to get your team there you have to get your setup you've got to get your beer there you usually have to pay to participate in some capacity um so if you're able to be successful enough to show up to a festival like that you're already to a certain point and then you're getting yourself out there to all this public and then to win an award on top of it it can do a lot for a new brewery absolutely absolutely it's a definitely making a make event for breweries. Yeah. Well, so if um, you find yourself in Denver, October 3rd through the 6th, check out uh, Great American Beer Festival. Uh, now, another festival that's going on at the exact same time, October 4th and 5th, is The Festival. Um, so this is by Shelton Brothers Imports, uh, and they do this festival every year. Um, and basically, it's their... Their portfolio is absolutely outstanding. They focus on a lot of kind of rare and small production breweries from all over the world and throughout the U.S. And I think the biggest thing to note about this festival is that the brewers are there. The actual people that make the beer are behind the stand. And you can actually speak to them and ask them questions. And it's a much smaller, you know, much smaller roster as far as breweries go. I it's forget. a careful curation. Yeah, it's a very careful curation. Exactly, that's what you were saying. Um, but this isn't like some random volunteer who like doesn't know anything about beer. These are the actual people. And um, I was able to go last year. It was also it was in Denver. This year it's in Buffalo, New York. Um, and I mean, tar- I mean, Cantillon was there, and so was Jean Van Roy. Yeah. So and you can you can actually sit there and, and have a conversation with him. Um, I mean, you have to stand in line for that beer, but... <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. It's that when, when uh, uh, Teddy Roosevelt talked about the man in the arena getting bloodied, uh, it's easy to sit out on the outside and say, well, this beer isn't good. Well, try that beer and look at the man or the woman and the eye that brewed it and try and dismiss their work. You can't. Uh, that just You're an irresponsible person if you think that that's so easy. And that's too often easy... If you go to a, a beer festival that has just a whole ton of beers and there's people that have no connection with the brewery, mm-hmm. uh, no, it's the man, it's the woman that have sweated hours making this beer um, and pouring it. And I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, You're going. I'm going. Nice. I'm excited. Yeah. And people are like, there's all these hype breweries. And I'm like, Scratch Brewing Company from Ava, Illinois. Yes. I'm excited about that like my family has long roots going back to before illinois was a state in southern illinois uh and they're coaxing beers from scratch out of the dirt uh and making those every ingredient making that into a beer and that 
having a chance to try one of those beers tying mm-hmm. me into the generations of my family that have coaxed things out of dirt in southern illinois that's that's, that's you got deep again that's i uh, love it being in communion with my ancestors it's like hill farmstead's ancestral series yeah uh, but like for me no that's amazing yeah i'm really really excited about that and i get to talk to the people that are doing it no i mean and there are some pretty amazing brewers that are going to be there um Caracalet, uh brewing company is the first craft beer uh production in jordan um, and I had the opportunity to interview him last year. If you go back to uh, some of the older episodes, there's a, there's a whole episode covering the festival. Um, and, you know, the brewer there is embracing, you know, local uh, produce, using dates in the brewing process and, and that kind of thing, and making some phenomenal beers. Um, you know, of course, I'm excited to see some beers that I've really cherished, uh, Jester King, Wolves and People out of uh, Oregon, uh, Brew by Numbers. Grant, you have a... Brew by Numbers, incredible. Fellow lover of that. It's a brewery in, in London proper. It's in London, yeah, in Beer um, Munsey, right across the bridge. And you went there. Yeah, I've been there. They're yeah. brewing underneath a railroad bridge in uh, basically a space about the size of Church Key. Yeah, and I mean, just just phenomenal beers. This year, there'll be uh, Jing Ah. Uh, brewing company out of Beijing, which I've never heard of. I've never had their beers. I didn't even know that like, was going to be there. That's, I mean, it's absolutely, it's absolutely amazing. But and those move, brewers. If you don't move goods across borders, mm-hmm. you'll move troops across borders. We're bringing Chinese brewers to America to yeah. sell their goods. No. I love it. Love it. So if you find yourself in Buffalo, October 4th or 5th, I think they're sold out on the 5th. I think there's still some tickets available. For I the just 4th. bought a ticket today for Friday. For Friday. I need to get on that. Um, all right. Well, definitely check it out. If anything, you know, go look at the roster, go look at the breweries that are going to be represented there. And if you've never heard of one, you know, take a look. Um, now for those of you who are in the DC area uh, and who cannot go to Denver or Buffalo, uh, lucky for you, there is a whopper of a festival. World class. World Literally, class, world class. World class festival that's going to be right here in D.C. It's called Snalligaster on October 12th. This is the eighth year. Um, they completely changed their uh, systems this year in that there's no longer like Snally Bucks or whatever. I, I, yeah. You buy the ticket, you try as much as you want, which is phenomenal. And the list is completely impressive this is 150 plus breweries pouring 400 different beers over 30 of those breweries have never poured at snallagaster so this is their first year you can go to 15 beer festivals across america and not get this depth and quality of breweries and one and and all of those 15 wrapped into one um my my tip for uh for Snallagaster and you know a lot they, they offer like a VIP ticket where you get to you know be in the space two hours before so you know everyone kind of beelines it for you know kind of a lot of the trendier breweries Barrel A's or Braxis yeah um, you know a lot of different things go to the go to the stalls um, a lot of the local stalls um, of people who make beer here in the district or in Virginia often bring like the coolest kind of one-off things that you wouldn't expect um, or go to the breweries that you've known about forever like Allagash 
Allagash is probably pouring some of the rarest stuff that they have. Yeah, Burley Oak was just pouring well into the general admission uh, last year. It's just incredible stuff. Yeah. Um, and I just kept going back. I'm like, this is delicious. Yeah. I can't believe there's no wine. <laughs> I want all of this. Can I just have the tap into my mouth? Yeah. The, and that's the thing with, with Snallagaster because the, and this is put on by Neighborhood Restaurant Group um, and their beer director, Greg Engert, um, and then a horde of people that also put it together on logistics, you know, talk about logistics. Eric Bergman is their director of operations and he handles all of that. Um, and then it's this massive undertaking, but every single uh, brewery that's there, I mean, that is a thoughtful consideration. That is a, I mean, yes, it's 150 plus, but that's still there's, very there's curated. There's no bad beer being poured. There's no, no filler beer, if you will. No. Uh, and most important about Snallygaster is it's a fundraiser uh, mm-hmm. for Neighborhood Restaurant Group's nonprofit uh, arm, which does things. They, uh, uh, they, 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 they take, they grow food out in Virginia. They, Arcadia. Arcadia. Yeah. They bring it into uh, food deserts in D.C., and they sell that. And if you have uh, SNAPs or TANF or any other sort of funds, they double those funds and allow people to buy uh, twice the amount of food that they're normally able to buy. And they also have an organization as part of Arcadia that does uh, works with veterans to get them into farming uh, and uh, allow them to do fellowships so they can get out of the military, they can transition and become a farmer, uh, growing great food. And they take people, they take kids from uh, D.C., they take them out to the middle of nowhere, Virginia, where they grow these things, and they show them what you can do with fresh vegetables, yeah. fresh fruit. And it's incredible. And that's the most important thing about Snallygaster is it does good for the community. A lot of good. A lot of good. And, you know, I think a lot of these breweries um, on the list here, you know, are really passionate about giving back to the community. And that's why every year, you know, I don't think they ever have to go, like, beg a brewery to participate. I think they've got people... Banging, begging, them, begging, begging to, to participate. participate. And this year they've got a really impressive list of ciders um, and meads as well. You know, if beer is not your thing, there's, there's backup. Um, so I was pretty excited to see um, Blue Bee Cider out of uh, Richmond, Virginia, I think, is, is going to be pouring. This is their first year pouring, so that's, uh, that's kind of cool. But yeah, there's, there's an amazing, amazing... Ah, and Scratch will be there. Yes, um. <laughs> Scratch. Ava, Illinois, 600 people. I'm from a town of Illinois and 650 people, so we get a look down on them a little bit because we have a four-way stop, I guess. Oh, fancy. Yeah, Very fancy. fancy. Very fancy. But I'm so excited about yeah. Scratch. No, and, you know, like I said, if you're if you're at Snallagaster and you don't see a line, just, just go there really quick and, yeah. and check it out because... There's not going to be a bad beer poured at all. And and go to the beer, go to the areas, you know, DC Brow's going to be there. I'm sure they're going to have some crazy one-off shit that you're never otherwise going to get to try, you know? So, plus, I mean, worst case scenario, you get a regular IPA for your line beer. And that, oh yeah, that's a tip. That's a, that's a good tip for, for beer festivals. If you see a long line, go get like an easy drinking, like Pilsner, Pale Ale, something like that, Kolsch. Um, and get that, and then get in line so you have beer to sip while you're in line. That's a professional speaking. <laughs> um, well, Grant, any uh, parting advice or any any words of wisdom for the masses before we sign off here? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wish I had words of wisdom, but as you know me, I'm not a wise man, so I can't offer much. But just embrace 
uh, just embrace beer, try beer, drink beer, talk to people about beer. And if they don't want to be into beer, don't push it on them. Let them come around and just they'll eventually see the light, if you will. <laughs> but nonetheless, it's about community always, whether it's in D.C., whether it's an American beer community, whether it's a world beer community, it's all about community and embrace that. It's a good motto. I like that. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at Beer Me Radio or um, Beer Me Radio at gmail.com. Be happy to answer any and all questions. Uh, definitely check out any of these festivals, but the easiest one for us in DC would be Snallagaster, October 12th. Um, they still have tickets available. They do still have tickets available. Not, not anymore the VIPs, but the regular admission, which you're, you'll be fine. You're not, you'll, you'll get everything you need. <laughs> um, but thank you all for listening. Uh, this is Beer Me on Full Service Radio, recorded live at the Lion Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. I'm your host, Sarah Jane. Thank you very much. Cheers. Bye.